All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan Edition. Wow, I'm like stuttering my words here. Jeff, <laughs> Dan, what's up, dude? Oh, doing good, buddy. Um, a fat L against you in uh, fantasy football week uh, this past weekend, so that kind yes, of sir. yes, sir. Uh, Derek Carr was uh, Joe Burrow light, and Notre Dame lost. So uh, that's all I can really hang my hat on. Yeah, no, I think it was a, uh, you know, speaking on the Michigan side of things, I think it was a pretty good weekend. You know, we oh, were up at the we were up at the golf course, tailgating, having a good old time. We had a nice little group with us. Um, tons of tons of games being played, drinking games, chilling, eating food, uh, waiting out the rain for the delayed kick, and then uh, watching the game with friends. So that was a good time. Michigan obviously picks up the win uh, against Hawaii, and that you know. The main storyline going to the game was the quarterback battle. Michigan wins the game 56 to 10, but the quarterback battle is what really everybody was paying attention to. So JJ McCarthy gets his first career start and goes 11 of 12 for 229 and three touchdowns. Not really effective on the ground. He had one carry for 16 yards. I shouldn't say effective. Not a lot to say about on the ground. He did have a 16 yard carry, but, and then Cade McNamara in backup duty. Goes four of six for 26 yards in a pick. Not really much to write home about. Obviously, Michigan was going to beat Hawaii. We knew that. The QB battle, it's settled. JJ's a starter for UConn. Go ahead. Well, I, I tell you what. I, I know it's cream puff central these last two weeks, but JJ McCarthy is, is obviously – I won't say light years ahead of Ken McNamara, but man, he just looks sharp. Zip on the ball, all of his throws. And like we talked about last week um, after the Colorado State game, just moving the chains, man. Kate goes in there and, you know, it's like one step forward, two steps back. Uh, offense just looks more fluid. Um, so we'll, we'll obviously see this team really get tested during, at the Maryland game, um, probably more on the defensive side, but. <clears throat> Yeah, a win's a win, man, and and they scored early and often. I thought and a little bit more uh, stat columned defensive side. I kind of I predicted seven sacks or more didn't really happen, but I'm no, I'm in, I'm pretty impressed with uh, with JJ in terms of the quarterback comp, uh, competition, and um, it's unfortunate that that uh, Kate is has really kind of been. Backpedaling here, I think now as a team captain, you know, hopefully we see him um, not really get too down on himself and 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 you know take it take charge on, on the sidelines and and be there to to be you know um, I want to say cheerleader, but to be behind all of his players. And I think Jim Harbaugh is now I think his job is to not let Cade get too down on himself and keep him in good spirits. <clears throat> Yeah, I think ultimately the the one thing that I wanna I wanna say, and it's been said quite a bit on social media, but it needs to be said because it happened. I you boo Ohio State, you boo Michigan State, you boo opposing teams in the big house, you boo murderers, you boo you boo a lot of people, boo whoever you want. The one person you don't boo 
is the man that literally brought you a Big Ten championship for the first time in 20-plus years. The first person to bring you a win against Ohio State in 10 years. And a person that literally showed nothing but grit, determination, leadership. I understand things aren't great when he's under center right now, and that's okay. Harbaugh made the right move. Booing him isn't isn't the call there. I digress. We'll talk more JJ here. I, I agree with you. I thought he looked light years <laughs> better. I mean, yeah. I, I'll, I, I'll take what you said. I mean, just the way that I was seeing this ball released from his hand, zipping through the air, connecting into receivers, how much of that's Hawaii, how much of that's just JJ's light years better. I mean, Cade really struggled these first two games. And as you, I think you said it last week, he had, he had spring practice all to himself. And we just didn't see the progression in the, the, the steps forward, the leaps forward that we, we would probably assume we've seen, especially because Cade said this was his best, his best camp. He said he had his best spring practice, his best fall camp. And like, that may be true, but what we've seen of JJ at this point was worth moving forward with. Uh, speaking of moving forward, as soon as he got labeled the starter, his Heisman odds skyrocketed. He currently <laughs> finds himself fifth at plus 3,000. Uh, opinions on that? Sorry, you cut out uh, a little so, bit there. Leo. So his, his Heisman race... Okay. As soon as he oh. was named the starter, his his yeah. Heisman contention flew up. He's currently um, in the betting odds. He's fifth at plus three thousand. Opinions on on that? I I don't know. It's it's funny because you know, it was back in, in uh, the Brady Hoke years when I was more uh, when I was um, you know just more of the jaded, uh, realistic version, I guess, of myself. I I just shrugged my shoulders at it. I'm like, that's fine, you know. But obviously. You know, Michigan has had uh, more than one September Heisman. So, I mean, it's cool, I guess. But um, I, I, there, there's not really a standout this year, especially at quarterback. I mean, you can you can make an argument for C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young was there, and he's kind of taken a step back over the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, I just it's, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, nothing else uh, I can really say to that. I... I think it's nice that obviously a, a Michigan quarterback is in that discussion. That's going to be fun to um, to kind of follow. But I think ultimately, as you alluded to, you know, we've seen this kind of thing with um, with Denard Robinson, and you could probably argue that he probably should have been a Heisman. Mm. Um, but the Heisman has kind of changed over the last several years. It's more of a um, how's your team doing and then who's the best player on said team. Mm-hmm. And in that case, JJ definitely has a has an opportunity to um to win the Heisman in that in that case. But uh, I did want to look into kind of off the top of my head. I don't do you know what the single season touchdown pass record is at Michigan? It's not thirty. It's under 30. Is it 27? Do you know? Um, it's something like that. Give me one second. I'll find out. And yeah. While, while you're, while you're looking at, I have a couple more things I want to say. I think JJ gives us 
from what I've seen, I think he gives us an incredible chance to win. Um, he opens up this playbook. It's no longer a run it five times down your and then pass at 15. I think this is a, I think it can be camouflage from week to week. We can pass it a lot. We can run a lot of read option, quarterback run, quarterback design run, um, and then run down your throat, obviously, with Corum and Edwards. And I think that this team is just poised for, for, for great things. Obviously, the Hawaii game, as you alluded to, wasn't really stat-driven. Um, that's why I'm kind of looking forward to just playing a good team, just to really see what this squad is. They didn't score at all in the third quarter. Um, and obviously Cade played in the third quarter. This isn't a shit on Cade session, so I'm going to leave that alone. But, um, I bet $50 they would cover a 52 point spread and they didn't. And a lot of that had to do with the third quarter. Um, overall though, I think, I think I liked what Michigan was. Anytime you beat somebody and you score 50 and the other team scores less than 14, I think you're in good shape, no matter who the opponent is. And we can, uh, we can hang our hats on that. All right. Well, um, I'll, I probably should have gone to MGO Blue or whatever the the actual Michigan page, whatever for this for the statistic. But it's looking like, uh, in terms of career touchdown passes and single season, it's going to go to Chad Henney. Chad Henney uh, leads his career of uh, career quarterback at U of M at twenty uh, at eighty seven. Um, let me see, Denard Robinson in a single season through. Uh, the most in 2011, he threw 20, and Chad Henney threw 25 uh, his freshman year, and uh, John Navarre his senior year threw 24, and Jake Rudock threw 20. So uh, I'm pretty pretty uh, confident that Chad Henney's got 25 uh, and leads the uh, seasonal season. At 25. Correct. In 2004, he threw 25 TDs, 12 interceptions, and then after that he went 23, 22 and then 17 the senior year because he was banged up. He only played 10 games. That is, that's a, that's a really low number. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a really low number. Um, Oh, okay. I, all right. So Elvis Gerback in 1991 also had 25. So I think the number is 25. Yep. Okay. Well, we're going to have an over-under segment later. That'll be fun. That a boy. <clears throat> okay. Um, liked, disliked, more of. Let's start with uh, let's start with liked. What did you like Michigan beat in Hawaii? Uh, actually, going to go with a coach here. I am going to run with uh, Mike Hart. Uh, Mike Hart came in, I think it was, uh, it was the last year, right? Last year was his first season. Yep. yep. Um, he's, he's really, really transformed this, this running back room in, in a one season and two games of, of year two. Uh, he really, I, I feel like when we watch these running back, I feel like there's just a noticeable difference with the vision, the aggressiveness, um, just the overall what you want in a running back, uh, you know, 2020, and I think 2019 and 2020, I think Jay Harbaugh was the running back's coach. And I think Jay Harbaugh has done better with tight ends. And yeah. just, uh, just watching Hassan Haskins last season and, you know, what we're seeing right now and the development of Donovan Edwards. Um, I, I just, 
I give my my hat and my kudos to Mike Hart. Um, and I mentioned last year at some point, um, either it was either our preview, one of our preview pods, or mid season after that, I can't remember. But I I said that Mike Hart is not going to be at U of M for very long. And I know that's his alma mater. I know he played here for four years, but I feel like he might have aspirations to become a head coach somewhere, maybe in the Mac, uh, you know, maybe, you know, somewhere. I mean, I wouldn't say maybe his first job would be a big 10, but we'll see how it plays out. But even when he was at Indiana, you know, uh, Jonathan Howard, um, uh, Tevin Coleman, I know there was a few years there when he was there that those running backs did damage in the big 10, did damage against Michigan when they played them. So, Mike Hart, and I'll say this real quick before I pass it off to you. Um, you've seen in 2021 and this year, do all these running backs have in common? Can you can you uh, try to punch what I'm uh, uh, throwing here? What did we see in 2020 and 2021? Like, what do the, all these backs have in common? Uh, uh, last season and this season, since Mike Hart's been here, what do you see that all these running backs have in common? I mean, Hassan didn't have a ton of speed, but – just athletic ability, obviously speed, and uh, I mean they just they're they're hard runners. But what? They don't fumble the ball, and that was Mike Hart's. That was his. That, that's what he was known for. He didn't. He went through his whole Michigan career without fumbling a damn ball until that Florida game, the Capital One Bowl. But yeah. They still won. But yeah, he he he's always. They even had a segment with him on ESPN one time about how he carries the ball, and so I think that is. Testament to his his knowledge and and the way he views a running back. That is a that is a very good point. I didn't even realize that. Nobody's fu- no. Hassan did it. <laughs> yeah. Hassan didn't correct. Yeah, Hassan was unreal though. Um, my liked Roman Wilson, uh, Hawaii kid has a, has a pretty stellar game against Hawaii and just a very limited role and not because he's not good, but because the team obviously just wasn't doing a whole lot. Uh, one catch for 42 yards and a touchdown. He also took one carry for 21 yards and a touchdown. So two touches, two touchdowns. I believe he has four total touches on the year with three touchdowns. So, um, at a boy, Roman Wilson quickly becoming wide receiver one, or at least, yeah. at least has the argument for the most explosive player on the team. So, um, what we've seen of Roman Wilson has been uh, nothing short of fun. Definitely becoming one of the Wolverines' favorites at this point. Um, disliked. I'll start here. A couple of different things. Um, booing Cade. Yep. Let's knock that shit off, people. Um, the fact that we couldn't cover, let off our gas in the third quarter. That kind of disappointed me. I lost $50. Um, and... I just, I was unimpressed with the depth attacking late in the game. Um, just didn't see, outside of CJ Stokes, I just didn't see enough late in the game from the second, third, fourth string to really uh, get me going. I just thought the first string obviously showed out, balled out, and then all of a sudden from there it was kind of just like, eh, going through the motions. Um, they ended up giving up touchdowns late too. Uh, just, I need to see a little more enthusiasm, especially when you're playing these non-conference games and you're expected to win by a lot. Let's win by a lot. Let's get these guys in the game, get them experience, but also let's actually succeed once we're in the game. So, um, hard to find things to dislike when you win 56 to 10, but those are some things. Yeah. Same. I, I've, um, 
kind of hard to find find things like that, especially when we're in the night conference like this to to not like. Uh, but obviously, we've we've touched on it already twice. Is is the boon of Kate? Um, yeah, just unacceptable. And it's gotten better, especially after the success of 2021. But Michigan fans have they used to really bother me quite quite a bit, almost as much as uh, some of our rival fan bases, just because of of just uh, how we can be. And that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, what I really I've, I found concerning was. Um, just the lack of pressure on the quarterback. Um, it might might look like it on on uh, on TV, but I thought you know Joey Yellen, the Hawaii quarterback, dropped back like 36 times. He's pressured only twice, and we got one sack. We technically had two sacks. We got waved off due to a flag. Um, so I thought I thought we would have stacked that that the the, the stack column um, on D, but uh, like I alluded to earlier, but it is what it is. They, I felt like the secondary did a really good job at uh, swatting the ball down and covering the receivers. They were all over them like a glove. Um, you know, the safeties, Rod Moore, R.J. Moten, uh, and even even Will Johnson had a good game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think that's probably uh, hitting me there. I think, and obviously, Hawaii's quarterback – um, he went 13 of 36, so literally 33. Um, percent yeah. I, I do think that he was trying to get it off a little earlier. They are kind of like more of a aerial assault offense, or you know, throwing it around. Uh, wasn't obviously very good at it, but um, more of what he got there. Uh, I I like it, man. When when JJ's in there, I just I just feel like our we're more balanced with Cade, you know. It's obviously lean heavy on the run, but when JJ's in there, um, I mean he's got, he's got to do better at like maybe running out of bounds and not taking so many uh, physical contact when he does run the football. But yeah, the, the the offense like we were talking about in the beginning, man, the the flow again, temper expectations against our cupcakes here, and we're gonna have another similar uh, scenario this Saturday. But uh, man, it's it's what you want to see, you know? Yeah. Um, I wrote Donovan Edwards and not because of what we've seen, but because what we haven't seen, I want to see more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess he potentially is nursing an injury. Yeah. So we have, we have that. He did make a nice catch for JJ, um, on a receiving touchdown. I think he had, yeah, it was a 33. Actually, it was not a touchdown. He was stopped short of the goal line. It was a 33 yard catch that he caught basically falling backwards. Um, outside of that, not a whole lot of Donovan Edwards. I'm hoping to see more of him. Um, I did have high hopes for him, and obviously as Big Ten play gets closer, maybe he will be more of a factor. But um, Okay, UConn. A um, couple of over-under predictions we, I wanted to do for this week. This is We were talking about this off-air, about maybe having a new segment, something we can do as far as predictions for these games. Um, and I'm going to give you a couple of over-unders that I manufactured, okay? Um, we're going to start with the quarterback. So this is against UConn. Give me your predictions for over-under JJ total touchdowns, three and a half. Uh, I say... That would be a career high, by the way. Three is his career high. Give me 
the under. The under. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the career high. I think he gets four. But okay. four is the, four is the actual number there. Uh, Blake Corum total touchdowns one and a half. I'm gonna go over. Uh, I think with Donald Edwards possibly not playing this game, might see some uh, Blake Corum. I'm also gonna go over because I think he has a shot to get a one and one this week. One touchdown receiving, one touchdown rushing. Uh, which leads me to the next one. Donovan Edwards t- total touchdowns at point five. He may not play. Might eh, stay over. If he does play, obviously you got him getting at least one. At least one. I, I you know when they said that I mean, he's he's dealing with something. I don't think it's too serious because they said he's been dealing with it the last two weeks, and the dude's out here high flying all over the place. I know he's not um, getting an absurd amount of touches like in a big 10 game mm-hmm. or something like that. But uh, I mean, he, I, it sounds like he's in good spirits, so I don't think it's anything too concerning, but yeah, I'll take the over. Um, I'm also going to take the over if he plays at one there. Uh, Roman Wilson, total touchdowns one, or I'm sorry, 0.5. He scored one and two. Those are his touchdowns this year. One in the first game, two in the second. I think the streak continues. Even if you look back at last year, Roman Wilson was like JJ's almost his go-to. I'll, give me, give me uh, Roman Wilson absolutely on the over. Fun fact: He scored the first touchdown of the season, and then he scored the first touchdown against Hawaii. So he has scored the first touchdown in every game this year. <laughs> Does the go. streak continue? I don't know. Um, I'm also going to take the over. I think he is one of JJ's favorite targets, as you alluded to. He has the speed, and it seems like these. Out of conference schools just don't have the speed to keep up with them. Defensive turnovers, one and a half. Hmm. I've been I've been fiending for some more uh, for some more defense. I, I'll take the over here. Okay, I'm gonna take the under. Uh, I'm gonna have him at one. Uh, sacks, three and a half. So the first game, seven. Last game, one. This game, three and a half over under. Uh, I'll take under on the sacks. You take under. You know what? I have less defensive turnovers. I'm going to go over. Okay. More pressure. Yeah, more pressure, but less turnovers. Um, And then here's a season one. J.J. McCarthy, over under 25 and a half touchdowns. Under, obviously, he's not breaking the record. Over, he is. He has three? Three passing. He has three passing touchdowns. That's what we're talking about. Not total touchdowns. We're talking about passing touchdowns here. I believe the single season total touchdowns is held by Denard. It has to be. Barring... Something catastrophic. I think JJ hits the 30 mark. Uh, give me the over. I also like the over. I think this is the season that we see it broken. And if it's not this year, if he comes up short, I think he 100% does it next year. Right. And I and, and might uh, even take it and blow it out of the water. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and with, again, he might have the air. I'd say he has a shot at maybe three or four versus Maryland because Big Ten opponent, 
going to have to be aggressive. Uh, we'll see how our defense goes up to to Tagovola or Tagovola, whatever. Yeah. So I think I think the Maryland game he has a shot at probably setting a career high. But yeah. So back to you, Kyle. Obviously, we gave some over unders. Um, what's your predictions on this game? What do you want to see? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been uh, really uh, expecting a lot of this defense. I want to I want to see us play our, our our best defensive football of the season again. Young season, young um, young year, but um, UConn they're, they're one and two. Their offense turns over the ball quite a bit, but so did Hawaii. Um, Zion Turner, the quarterback, has got five tutties, four picks. I want to see some turnovers. Uh, I think that their running back, uh, Nathan Carter, I think he's averaging six and a half yards per carry. And even in their uh, two losses, he's been putting up some decent numbers. So I wouldn't be surprised, just like the Hawaii game, they ripped off one one decent run for a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, uh, gets one or two there. Um, I think uh, Michigan's going to win big. Uh, Lance minus 47. Yeah. Last last week was minus fifty one. Um we might see might might see a lot of CJ Stokes and by mentioning his name, I just want to see him, you know, thrive and, and keep going. And Isaiah Gash might be uh, a nice little uh, sleeper there uh, to see him make an appearance. And I hope that I there's another thing I want to see. I hope we see Nikai Hill Green. He's been nursing a soft tissue injury uh since uh, all of camp. So hopefully he comes back and hopefully um, we get our, our full offensive line in there. I know Carson Barnhart was um, playing some backup duty last week, and he sprained his ankle. So uh, just overall, that's pretty much my uh, three or four key uh, want-to-sees. Yeah, um, control the game. Don't, uh, don't cough the ball up. Limit injuries. Um, also take this time to really allow J.J. to – um, not stat pad, but if he's going to make a mistake, I want it to come now, you know, um, as of right now, he's played almost flawless football. Um, obviously we, we want him to continue doing that, but at the same time, I want him to learn some stuff before we get into big 10 play. Um, 12 pass attempts against Hawaii. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing over 18, somewhere in the 18 to 22 range. Uh, see what that ends up being. Obviously, it's hard if you end up getting up big. You don't want to keep throwing. It kind of sends a bad message. But um, we know we can run the ball. I know for a fact we can run the ball. But I do want to see J.J. continue to get comfortable with these wide receivers. Last week, I said I wanted to see more Ronnie Bell. We've seen more Ronnie Bell this week. I think he had six for uh, six for 76 and a touchdown. So definitely seen more Ronnie Bell. That was fun. Uh, I said this week more Donovan Edwards. I would love to see more Donovan Edwards if he's healthy. If not, is what it is. Um, and I want to see the the defense come after the quarterback. You know, uh, going from seven to sacks to one sack is, I don't want to say it's alarming, but makes me wonder how good we actually are on the defensive line. And I think we are pretty good. So um, outside of that, I'm excited for Michigan to play some, some big-time opponents. But until then, um, anything else on Michigan? No, I'm good. Yeah, but you're right. I'm 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 super excited for Big Ten football, and so we got one more week of uh, powder puffs, and then we'll get right down to uh, the big boys. Um, talk a little out of uh, 
around the college football world, Texas, Bama, um, massive game over the weekend. I think Bama was favored by 20 and a half. Texas leads most of the game. Uh, I think misses a field goal late or they made a field goal and then Bama ended up making another one. Uh, Bama takes the win. What did you think overall? Just from obviously we were a little busy while this game was going on. We were kind of watching here and there. What did you think overall of this one? Just I, you know, I'm all, we're both ones that you, you know we don't ever want to use the referees. Um, we we don't want them to ever determine a game or use them as an excuse. But there was some really questionable calls, you know, and the the Bryce Young safety one that kind of. Uh, reminded me of the uh, strip sack last year in East Lansing with Aiden Hutchinson paint for just because it was all it all came down to where the shin was. Uh, this game was just I, if I could sum it up in one word it was just some tomfoolery. It was uh, it was pretty ridiculous. Quinn, Ewer, Quinn Ewers obviously is is out for you know a decent amount of time, so they went into uh, the game the rest of the game with Hudson Card, and it didn't play horribly in the stat department, but. Yeah, uh, Alabama squeaked this one out, and uh, they probably shouldn't have. So, I mean, Texas is hopefully they hopefully they come back and uh, redeem themselves in week three. Yeah. Um, fun fact about that game, uh, it got a great rating. It wasn't like oh my gosh, we got a great rating, but it's the most streamed football game, not college, not NFL football game ever. Ever. Oh, really? Is, yes, it was the most streamed, meaning like everybody was trying to stream the game. I'm guessing, obviously, you have your Texas, you have your Alabama. It was, it was, uh, I believe it was nationally televised, but it was just weird that um, it's the most streamed football game ever. I thought that was interesting. Um, I said after the game, I thought Texas should still be, like they should rank Texas. They were unranked going in. Yeah. I was like, rank them. At this point, they just took Bama to the limits, rank them, and they mm-hmm. obviously ref calls maybe could have won, but um, I don't think they got ranked. But the, I think the next time they win, I think they could literally shoot right in. So um, Notre Dame versus Marshall. Notre Dame loses to Marshall. They start 0-2. And fun fact, Marcus Freeman, who who's the head coach, he coached the bowl game. They lost that. He is 0-3 to start a career. What opinions on Notre Dame? I know you hate them. Oh, this is uh, glorious to see. Um, just, man, uh, losing to Marshall, that's absolutely awful. And, you know, no disrespect to the Thundering Herd, but, you know, it, it'll take a lot for someone outside of Ann Arbor, especially a rival fan base, to really – to really compare the, the App State beating Michigan and at the time, um, is like one of the worst losses in history. I mean, I think this is right up there. Um, maybe that comes off a little, you know, Michiganderish of me, but I mean, Notre Dame's top ten hosting this unranked conference UFSA, UFSA or uh, you know Sun Belt, Sky Belt, you know South conference whatever this is that's just embarrassing and to have all that talent man absolutely that's that's a fireable offense if if he is here if he's like in season two or three maybe four you know um Notre Dame just didn't look good at all I and mean, this game was boring as hell till to the fourth quarter both teams scored two touchdowns 
up until then, it was like nine, seven at halftime snooze fest. Um, but this bodes well for Michigan. You know, I, I don't know how I don't have a kid in, in high school trying to get a D one scholarship somewhere, but I mean, this is something that obviously Michigan can use to try maybe to take advantage of, you know, Michigan keeps winning and Notre Dame is on, on the down. And I only say these two schools in particular, because, you know, these Notre Dame, Michigan recruit a lot of the same players and we can, you know, mention CJ Carr's name, for example. So, um, it bodes well for Michigan when Notre Dame loses. So <laughs> keep making me laugh, Irish. I love it. <clears throat> uh, Appalachian State travels to number six, Texas A&M. Texas A&M brings in one of the, the top recruiting classes of all time. And they get beat by Appalachian State. Joke's on them now. No longer on Michigan for for Appalachian State beating them. You know, I, I've said this to so many people. We put Appalachian State on the map. This isn't nearly the upset that it was back in 2007. Um, Appalachian State's a fairly respectable program. Uh, they've been ranked multiple times in the top 25. Uh, I wasn't shocked to see them beat Texas A&M, but I did think Texas A&M was actually posed for a good season. Um, not much more to add, but fun little upset there. Yeah, I, and I don't know what 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 uh, what gets that monkey off Michigan's back of like who. I mean, Texas A&M was ranked six here in this matchup, like 17-14. I feel like that's just a – to me, again, unbiased, I think that's a worse loss than when we lost to them. And I only say that because App State was back-to-back Division II champions. Now, I can, you can make the argument, well, App State, like you, well, like you said, we put them on the map. No one ever really heard of them before, so we were the first one to get christened in a sense. So maybe that's why. Maybe we'll always have that that stigma with it, but – I mean, that, that's embarrassing, man. Straight embarrassing at home. Yeah. That, but the Michigan one obviously stings us a little bit more. You know, we're going into football history here, but 2007, Michigan opens up number five. Um, it was the debut of the Big Ten Network. Okay. Yeah. And they have Appalachian State come into town. Most Michigan fans couldn't even watch this game because the Big Ten Network was brand new. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't even watch this game live. I was literally watching ESPN Sports Center, checking the highlights, checking the the scores because it started to obviously pan in and out. Um, the very next week, Michigan lost to Oregon, putting Oregon kind of on the map too with with Dennis Dixon and Jonathan Stewart. And obviously, we know what Oregon ended up becoming um, that season. We we really made two programs. I mean, um, if nothing else comes out of that, then hey. Michigan put Oregon, the Oregon Ducks, and their their flavor their flavored uniforms on the map, and Appalachian yep. State as well. So, yep. uh, Wisconsin goes down to Washington State. Man, I just feel like everyone's losing lately except us. So, what's your opinions here? Another another egregious loss at home. Uh, you know, I just seen something. I just seen something on Twitter uh, this afternoon. Um, about Paul Chris, Wisconsin's head coach, and it's like is they, the, the headline was, "Is it time for a change?" You know, Paul Chris. I think he's got a handful of uh, Big Ten championship appearances, but hasn't won one yet. I don't know, man. Like, if I was a Wisconsin fan, I don't know. Like, do do you do they make a change and then they feel like if they get someone else in there and then they'd be like, I, we never realized what we had till we lost it. Like with Bo Pelini in Nebraska, but 
this is unacceptable. Uh, and this kind of opens up the door, I think, in my opinion, for Minnesota. Minnesota's 2-0, right? They got Muhammad um, Ibrahim, whatever, one of probably the country's best running backs. Um, they got an experienced quarterback. So all these Big Ten teams losing, ironically, around on the West Division, they have a shot that the whole division was already wide open enough. But now I think that Minnesota started to creep in there. Uh, but, uh, I mean, just like the NFL, man, there were some really bad losses this weekend, pro and college. Speaking of bad losses, Nebraska Cornhuskers go down to Georgia Southern. So, for context, when I'm playing NCAA football and I'm done kicking the dog shit out of everybody with Michigan, I typically will play with a dog shit team to try and get them elevated. And my go-to team is Georgia Southern. <laughs> okay? They're one of the worst teams in the game. Um, you lose to them, you get fired. Scott Frost, let go one day after losing to this team. Opinions there. I know you got some. They gave up 409 <laughs> yards passing to Georgia Southern. Like, what the – excuse my language. What the fuck? Like, that, <laughs> that, is, that is terrible. Uh, the, the offense for Nebraska, they didn't even play bad. Like, like Casey Thompson had, like, four touchdowns. He had, like, three rushing touchdowns and, like, one passing. And – Georgia Southern comes into your house, gets 642 total offensive yardage. That's insanity. Like, we lost to Ab State that we just talked about, right? They didn't get 642 yardage. That's, that's absurd. Nebraska, man, they already had a tumultuous year last year. And, again, their narrative of losing one-score games. Like, oh, my God. I And – they wanted Scott Frost out so bad that they paid him his $15 million buyout. All he had to do was wait three more weeks, and he would have been half the cost. Um, this is this is embarrassing for uh, for the Husker fans. Um, but I'll say this before I hand it back to you: is now now uh, who knows if it's true or not? But now on Twitter, people are like, "Man, is Urban Meyer looking at houses in in uh, Lincoln?" But uh, that'd be some shit if uh, Urban Meyer is the head coach at Nebraska. But, yeah, they uh, they got to – I think one of the coordinators is the interim. But uh, they got to play Oklahoma this week. So they fired Scott Frost the week before Oklahoma. Yeah. So so Because uh, if we'll he see. beats Oklahoma, they can't fire him. Correct. <laughs> so Boy. I have a question on Nebraska before we keep going here. Urban Meyer, I think we can both agree, can bring them to national prominence. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Outside of a, a home run head coach, can a good head coach bring them back to prominence, or is it just too much to ask? I don't know if it's too much to ask. I, I think Nebraska is one of the one of the most storied programs in NCAA history. I Who just, cares? Do they have they, Do they have potential to? Oregon isn't a storied program, but wins now. Clemson isn't a storied program, but wins now. Like, I think, I think, a, I think a, a solid head coach with a good track record can go in there and and attract talent. Um, somebody, can they win the Big Ten right away? They could. The thing, the reason why I think that it could work out at least. In the beginning is because the West right now, as of right now, is so weak. Now you're going to be like, Dan, 
USC, UCLA is coming in, right? Yeah. Fine. But I think this is an attractive job still. When they're in there and do it, like a Jimbo Fisher or a Lane Kiffin, even. Um, I wouldn't want either two of those bozos, but some even at this point, anybody that's got some kind of steam left in them just to jumpstart you. Um, I personally would never want Urban Meyer. Years, I have one. I, my sixth season is rough pumpkins. I bail. I don't mm-hmm. want that. But contradicting what I'm saying about jumpstarting the program. But the thing is, Urban Meyer, he leaves you in shambles with some kind of scandal. I don't know. I just. Yes. Yeah, obviously, we know it comes with Urban Meyer. He wins football games. He creates controversy. He leaves. That's that's pretty much fair. Um, this weekend's games. I have one in front of me. If you have more, you can keep going. Michigan State, Washington. Washington's favored in this game. Penix Jr. Uh, from the Big Ten. The head coach is a former Big Ten guy. Um, I, I, I know Giles Jackson, former Michigan receiver. Um, is there a reason to believe that Washington can beat Michigan State? Or do you think Michigan State's undervalued here? I think Washington it can very well win this game. I don't think it's going to be easy, of course. They're minus three and a half right now. Um, Penix Jr. is playing pretty lights out at the, at the moment. A little inconsistent. And Big Ten, I don't know the actual stats or the records, but Big Ten schools don't really favor well when they go to the Pacific Northwest and non-conference play. I don't understand why. A lot has to do with Michigan, too. Michigan, I mean, we can go back to the annals of history. When Michigan goes to play at Austin Stadium, which is Oregon, or uh, UCLA, they just lose. Uh, I'll, 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 take, uh, I'll take Washington to cover this one. but um, And that's only because Michigan State is kind of up in the air. And I don't know. I think Jaden Reed, their wide receiver, I think he's questionable. So if they go into uh, Husky Stadium, whatever, whatever the hell they call it, without their best player, I don't know, man. Um, any other games to note do you have in front of you? Uh, yes, I think the see, darn it, I just lost it. Uh, that Hawaii Duquesne game, prime time. Uh, anyways, no, I think, um, where you at? BYU, Oregon, BYU, Oregon, Penn State traveling to Auburn is something to be something I'm keeping my eye on. Auburn's 2 and 0, they haven't looked both teams are 2 and 0. Yeah, both teams are 2-0. Penn State's ranked 22. I don't think they're world beaters, but obviously going to SEC country is going to be tough. Or And, um, you know, how does Notre Dame bounce back against California? That's my other one. Yeah. Um, and I really – I think I think that's about it. Uh, let's see. That I'm Washington probably... game has been bet up to three now. Yeah. Opened, opened at one and a half. I believe it. And then I'll probably Man. keep my eye on Maryland, too, whoever the hell Maryland's playing, if they're even yeah. playing. I'll keep my eye on them. Yeah, the uh, the U, University of Miami, traveling to Texas A&M this weekend as well. Texas A&M drops from 6 to 24, but definitely still a credible opponent. They're actually favored in the game, too. Okay. So, a couple of games. Oh, Oklahoma, obviously, Nebraska. We just talked about that one. Oklahoma's favored oh. by 11. Um. Keep an eye on Big Ten just in, in general. I'll also keep an eye on Purdue with Syracuse. Syracuse is 2-0. Purdue's got to travel to them, so I'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I'll keep an eye on Wisconsin because I know they're hosting New Mexico State, but, I mean, Washington State beat you at home by three. I don't know. And New Mexico State's 0-3. 
maybe not. I don't know. They're 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 favored by thirty seven. Um, but real quick too, the last one. Uh, I'll probably keep an eye on Iowa Nevada. Nevada's two and one. Iowa's at home, but again, Iowa's minus twenty three. I just I just don't know about the I just don't know about those guys. Yeah. All righty. Um. Anything else? No, that's it, buddy. But like I said, uh, just excited to knock out this lat- this third week and and get into uh, the nitty gritty. Yeah, same. Definitely. Uh, definitely excited for competition. I think that this team has a lot of potential. I'll just say that a lot of potential, and I think that there's a whole new world opened up with JJ as the quarterback. And time will tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I think it's fair to say we have the best backup quarterback in all college football. So you know what, I'm cool with that. So yeah, and, and just and real quick too uh, to close, if you're a Michigan fan and you were the ones that been throwing into that back alley dumpster, God forbid happens, JJ McCarthy, renege on on your thoughts with Cade. If you were booing him. And he's got to come in there and, and at some point during the season, at a crucial point, to, to save a game, to save a season, do whatever, to be a Band-Aid. I don't care what it is. Just think about what what runs through your head. Because, I, again, that was just absolutely low, low blow to him. And he doesn't deserve that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's another pod. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully talking another W and previewing Maryland. Um, for now. Wolverines moved to two and zero, looking for three and zero. We love to see it. Go blue, go Washington Huskies. Go blue, baby. We're out. Real talk.